Hello and welcome once again to the Wrestling Arena. I'm your host Paul Barrow and on today's show we'll be discussing the Elimination Chamber and what it really means to be the last premium live event before Wrestlemania. So, obviously, first of all we're going to be doing some small, uh, some, some news report stuff because that's what we do, we do the news. So I'm going to talk about just like three stories that I found. There was nothing majorly earth-shattering has happened this week in the world of professional wrestling. No massive injuries uh, and that kind of thing. But there are there are some interesting uh, interesting things that have happened that I can think of. So the first thing I want to discuss is that John Cena has talked about the Vince McMahon allegations. So this is uh, a news report from, I think it was a Yahoo Entertainment I stole this from. So it's WWE superstar John Cena has shared his perspective on the ongoing controversy surrounding former WWE chairman Vince McMahon. Last month, a bombshell lawsuit filed by a former WWE employee, Miss General Grant, rocked the wrestling world. Grant detailed disturbing allegations of sexual harassment and trafficking involving Vince McMahon. John Cena, who appeared in the Howard Stern show, addressed the allegations head-on when questioned by Stern. Cena said, I don't think it's complicated to talk about. It's complicated to listen to. That's why I don't necessarily put a lot of time and equity into it. There's still a long way to go. I can say this. I'm a big advocate of love, friendship and honesty. And communication. In the same breath, I'm also a big advocate of accountability. If someone's behaviour lies so far outside your value system that the balance sh- shifts of I can't operate in a world where this works, that's th- that's the end result of being accountable. He continued, Right now, I'm going to love the love the person I love. Be their friend. I love you. You have a hill to climb. There is a saying of, you don't know who your friends are until shit hits the fan or your back is against the wall. That doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. Just telling someone you love them, it's a hill to climb, and we'll see what happens. That's it. It sounds so cliché, but it has has to be one day at a time. I've openly said, I love the guy. I have a great relationship with the guy. And that's that. It's largely my construct of operating with honesty and communications. So... I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I get that, obviously, Vince McMahon made John Cena and Randy Orton came up with a similar kind of statement where it's just kind of like, it's, it's an awful thing to hear about. But um, it's utterly crazy um, that, that you'd come out when you are an actor who's trying to make it big in Hollywood and not condemn the allegations at least to use the words I love the guy when he's under this kind of scrutiny is you know it's to me it's completely nuts like I get that you're like we need to wait and see what happens with the investigation but the thing I'd come out and say was if this is proven to be true then you know the guy's reprehensible He's he's just a terrible human being. 
but it's just awful. It's just what on earth do you come out and say that for? I mean, and I always, you know, we saw John and Total Divas. That's just crazy. Um, that he was just—he—he's he, a very. I hesitate to use the word weird. He's not weird, but he's very... I thought it was an act for Total Divas. I really did. I thought it was a, you know, I'm going to cause some... some uh, I'm going to cause some some friction on this reality TV show by coming up with weird stipulations for living in my home and all that kind of thing. But this is just like, you are trying to make it in Hollywood. Do not come out even with the appearance of protecting a possible sex offender. It's... I get it. He made you a millionaire. I I, I get it. You know, but what on earth are you thinking? I mean, it's all. It also came out this week that apparently John Cena had full creative control over his character, apart from the fact he couldn't turn heel. So all those can Cena overcome the odds years that we had where that was the only story every month possibly a John Cena thing I mean we heard, we heard the defeat of the Nexus at that one SummerSlam that uh, 5 versus 5 match where the Nexus basically got beaten that, like they got beat like everyone got beaten but John was the sole survivor and you had people like Edge and Chris Jericho being like no they need to win you need to make that you, you'll make them if they win and then they, they just didn't so the Nexus were nothing that seems to be um, possibly a John Cena thing. Eddie Hickey in the, in the chat saying he didn't have to turn heel. The crowd always booed him. Yeah, Eddie, I'll give you that. They did always boo him. But the thing is, you don't... The, the difference between him being a babyface and being booed and being a heel and being booed is this. If you're a babyface and the crowd are booing you, then every time they comment on the boos your announcers and therefore the company are telling anyone booing the baby face you're you're all idiots i couldn't stand it i i watched throughout that um throughout that um that period and you're basically being told your opinions don't matter what you want doesn't matter um swallow it because we, this is what you're getting and it was that's part of the reason he was booed if they'd turned him heel um things would have progressed another way but they just never did so it just becomes constantly being slapped in the face with haha you don't matter haha you're going to watch anyway and in all fairness to WWE that's not happened with this latest crowd rebellion people started booing The Rock so The Rock fair play to him despite it being the plan The Rock turned heel you know there are documentaries and um Articles that came out like last week or the week before that said um, the main event for WrestleMania is going to be The Rock versus Roman Reigns because they were that sure they were sure that was what, that was the thing. So all those interviews and stuff that had happened weeks before, they just were like, "Here's the thing." Um, you know, and it's 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 good to know that we're in that kind of that kind of era where it's like, okay. The fans want this, so we'll give them this. I'm not always saying you should do that. 
I'm definitely not. There are some times when you want the fan base to be, oh, we're not getting what we want, to delay it, to give it to them later. So you get a bit of delayed gratification and you get the, the, the pop will be bigger and that kind of thing. But WWE for years, I mean, especially like the, the whole Vince thing, I mean, uh, Sethi in the chat says it, it was a Vince thing. You can see the same thing with Reigns pre-Bloodline. You're right, exactly. It it it, it was definitely a, definitely a Vince thing, but if John's coming out and saying I had creative control, he could have turned around and gone, I think, we should, I, think I should lose. I, I could make a heel here, and then we can do a bigger match down the line. Um, this is the first year for Mania that I can think of that wasn't like Daniel Bryan, where the babyface the top, top babyface, because they do do Kofi Mania, but Kofi Mania was a happy accident. Um, this is the first real year where you've got the top, top guy that they want is going to be cheered without without anything, without any coercion, without them turning the, the microphones down, without... It's going to be really good. I can't, I can't wait to see it. But, um, yeah, just an interesting point of view from John Cena next I've got a WWE 2K roster update it's, I think this is from Fightful and it's regarding Brock Lesnar and some other names we're told that there are some characters that are included in the My Rise and, and Showcase that are considered historically significant but will not be playable in the game outside those modes WWE also made requests to not feature Brock Lesnar in the game as a playable character. So there you go. Brock is out. I'd imagine Vince is out. Despite them having, you know, they've certainly got a Brock Lesnar model out there somewhere. Because you can get you can guarantee that one of those matches on the historically significant WrestleMania uh mode will be Brock versus Undertaker, the streak. Um which it, ooh, it will have to be Brock versus Taker uh, change history, won't it? It'll have to be continue the streak because if you're not allowed to play as Lesnar, then you can't win. So they'll have to alter. They'll have to be like an alternate history would be this. Um. So yeah, there's not much about it. It's basic. Another thing was they, they released the full roster and forgot to put some names in and then had to re-release the thing for the full, the full roster later on. And then TNA, this is my final piece of news that I've got at the moment, TNA has exercised their one-year option on Josh Alexander's contract. So, Alexander's TNA deal would have been up on February 14th, which... with which, if the option year was not exercised, he would have been a free agent, as the year was two eight two years with a company with one option year. Now, an option year is we have the option to, to roll over your contract for another year. TNA picked that up, picked that up. So Alexander's current deal expires on February fourteenth, two thousand twenty-five. At which point he'll be a free agent. So it says. Josh Alexander asked them to not pick up this option. He asked them to not uh, let the contract roll over. He he was he wasn't opposed to working with TNA, but he wanted to go out and 
see what the other options were. Now, I don't blame TNA for being like, well, you signed this contract, let's roll it over because we need you. You're a good talent. We we need talent in this company. But it's not going to make your roster feel any happier knowing I wanted out, you wouldn't give me the option to, to get out. Um, because obviously with, with Scott Damore being fired, uh, their latest pay-per-view started before the pay-per-view with the roster walking walking out to the ring and and uh, Eric Young talking about how they had to move on from things. It was horrible to lose some people, uh, and everyone in in that uh, arena knew what he was on about. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, Sethi saying a uh, possible 2025 surprise Rumble entrant. I can see it because he's very good. He is very good, and he's he's not. Different. He is like a Kurt Angle or a Chad Gable, but as much as I don't want to admit it, like Chad Gable has, uh, unfortunately, I think I think his runners like Shorty G has damaged his kind of I, his ability to be presented as like the next Kurt Angle, because somewhere in that, like if you if you were to make um, Chad Gable world champion, and you could, he's a good enough wrestler to do that. Then when you do the documentary, there's got to be a segment where it's like, and then we gave him this dumb name and dumb gimmick, and we wouldn't stop talking about how short he was. Well, Alexander is um, he's he's a, he's a tall guy, he's um, and he's really good. He was a good uh, Impact World Champion. I, I watched a few of his matches. Uh, he's a, you know he's a good guy. Um, this whole thing with TNA has really, for me, shot shot them in the foot for me because I was like maybe I'll start watching again but now I'm just like it's obvious the the roster aren't happy so what what do I do do I invest the time and then some other horrible thing goes wrong maybe not now earlier in the chat I think it was Sethi who was talking about the fact that uh, Tony Khan didn't get Booker of the Year this year, and no, he didn't. Was it the wrestling? Was it the? It was. A, it must have been the Observer. I can't remember. I, I believe. I believe it was the Wrestling Observer's uh, Year End Awards, which are voted on by the readers of the Wrestling Observer. Very strange. Very strange. Um, because I looked at the list of. Um, of awards and a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the things you'd associate with Booker of the Year were actually in TNA's favour. It was like Dynamite won television program of the year. In fact I'm gonna I didn't think to look this up. This wasn't something I was gonna discuss. But uh it is interesting because I I, I I thought this was pretty interesting, but I wasn't sure it'd be worth discussing. But it is pretty funny to think that word. There were definitely it was a, it was definitely a mixture. Yes. Um, give me. There we go. 
So, wrestler of the year, Will Ospreay. Mixed martial arts, most valuable. Let's not cover mixed martial arts because I don't know enough about it anymore. Most outstanding wrestler, Will Ospreay. Tag Team of the Year, FTR. Best on interviews, Eddie Kingston. Promotion of the Year, World Wrestling Entertainment. Best weekly TV show, AEW Dynamite. So the best TV show is AEW, but the best promotion is WWE. Pro Wrestling Match of the Year, Omega vs. Osprey in uh, Japan. United States, Canada MVP, Cody Rhodes. Okay. Japan MVP, Will Ospreay. Europe MVP, Will Ospreay. It's just very... Uh, women's... Women's... Sorry, Rhea Ripley. So they've got the... They've got the women's and the men's US MVP. Feud of the year. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. I'm not sure I agree there. I did enjoy it, but... Best box office, Roman Reigns. See, that's a weird one for me because is Roman Reigns the best box office? He wrestled what seven times, eight times last year, I think, if not less than that. I'm not like, and granted, they were all big, they were all big events, but was he the draw? Most improved, Julia Hart. Most charismatic, MJF. The Brian Danielson Award for Best Technical Wrestler went to Brian Danielson, which is always funny. Ever since he's come back, I think he's won his own award every year. Best Brawler, John Moxley. Best best Flying Wrestler, El Hijo del Vikingo. See, these are all voted for by the readers of the um, of the the Wrestling Observer. So it's it's really weird because like people will. People will say these, these are Dave, Dave, these are Dave Manson's awards. I doubt it because you know he just doesn't do that kind of thing. He doesn't. But it's very weird to think that like okay, WWE is the promotion of the year, but Dynamite got the best TV show. It's just things like that that are just. Cr- it's utterly nuts. Best television announcer Excalibur, really. I mean, Excalibur's all right. Worst television announcer, Booker T. Best major wrestling show, AW Revolution. Worst major wrestling show, Crown Jewel. So it's all a bit of a mishmash. Like I, I can certainly understand WWE getting, you know, best promotion and stuff. It's just, it's who do you vote for when and who and how many people voted. Michael Cole, Eddie Hickey, Michael Cole should be best announcer. Oh, if you'd have said that to me back in the early 2000s, we'd have been having a conversation. He has got a lot better. He's 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 not bad now, but it's just like these are these are held up as some some big thing, and it's just it's just a fan vote. You know, um, so you never know. It's the same as the PW, PWI 500. It's the you know the PWI five hundred people go crazy about that. It's a work list. It's an absolutely a work list. Uh, my favourite thing about it is uh, some guy in the Indies was number five hundred in the PWI five hundred. So he made that his gimmick for the year. I'm Mister five hundred. 
I can't remember the guy's name, but I thought it was a great idea for a gimmick. Ah, Fran the Cannon, who's in the chat room. AEW succeeds on the quality of its in-ring talent and their work in spite of Tony Khan sometimes. I can certainly agree there. Um, I can certainly... Uh, Sethi, the announcer, announcer is difficult as Cole is good, but suffers with Corey Graves compared to Pat McAfee. There's getting the right, getting the right um, partner for a for an announcer is difficult. I mean, WWE have had some had some great partnerships. Uh, Vince and Jesse, Grilla and Heenan, Jr. and King. They've they've usually done all right, but there have soon been some absolute absolutely terrible single people doing it. Luckily, they don't tend to stick them around that long. Griller and Jesse were also very well. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, I can't put Griller on... I don't feel good for putting uh, Griller on two lists because as much as I love the guy, he, he definitely... He definitely had his catchphrases, didn't he? I mean, it's the same as Michael Cole being... Everything being vintage. It's It's one of those. But I just think it's really weird because, yeah, people are going, oh... Booker, and don't get me wrong, people last year did it as well. People rubbed it, tried to tried to rub it in WWE's fans that Tony Khan was the Booker of the Year. It's not hard to be like a Booker when your main booking thing is to book uh, so-called dream matches. The problem is that WWE have become better at booking a storyline. You know, the story has maintained, and it's it's. Uh, It's been it's been a good story. the The problem is with with Tony Khan. It's his attempt at doing a big story. Uh, I failed because the 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 worst gimmick in this list was the Devil. I know I read that somewhere. Uh, I, but then again, the best gimmick was Tony Storm. A, you know, a gimmick I enjoy, but like, it's gonna get too too much soon. It's really weird to think that like these rewards are held up because these. Let's see the mo the the best gimmick award, right? Tony Storm was voted for by two hundred and thirty nine people. 239 people and the next one below it was Christian Cage 204 people these are the these are these are the top numbers and then the third is hope was Orange Cassidy with 48 people so how many people are actually really voting on this thing if your top one is a couple few hundred you know it's not it's not thousands of people being like oh this is it it's just kind of and I've got to don't get me wrong I'm not trying to disparage disparities awards it's cool for people to get them it is cool for people to get them but when it spreads out to the wrestling world and oh the, the wrestling world has decided that um that um that Triple H is the best booker let's put it this way promoter of the year Nick Khan 371 number 2 Tony Khan 239 and then number 3 Dana White, 146. And uh, Sethi pointing out that the worst feud was the MJF versus the Devil as well. It, just because it went out forever? Uh, 
Fran the Cannon in the chat, talking commentary. Somehow Matt Menard's won me over since showing up big, showing up to big up Garcia and have his back was the absolute worst thing in the JS for me. But his loyalty to his friend won me around. Oh, I've always liked Matt Menard. He's been, he's always been he's always been kind of he's always been someone to kind of out out express Jericho. You know what I mean? I mean the. But uh, I, I just thought it interesting because as much as people are running out there and being like, oh, these awards are, are massive, these awards, you know, they're decided by... They're just not decided by that many people. They're just not. It's very weird. Very strange. But, yeah, that's really the... I, I deviated there with the awards... I just found it interesting because people were uh, people were going people were uh, people were trumpeting it out like there's, there's been some big victory because I just it it's cool it's cool it's the same as even, even the PWI awards which are a work. They're cool for wrestlers to get to get their uh, their big thing, their moment in the sun. It's just not as important as I think people believe it is. I suppose yeah, you, you do kind of look forward to to Tony Khan having another Twitter matter. To be fair to you, I haven't seen like any of that kind of thing really, but. If I, it's Saturday today. I haven't. Sorry, it's Sunday today. I've yet to have watched. Uh, to have watched Collision. It's been it's been a bit of a, a bit of a hectic day for me. I, I wasn't able to stay up last night to watch it. So maybe maybe there was a big on air meltdown that I didn't um, I did not I did not catch. But it doesn't seem to be the the case. So yeah, that's really the news that I've got is is the kind of those three little things, and I suppose like somebody getting a contract extension isn't it is, isn't small, but there's there've been no massive kind of earth shake. I mean, don't get me wrong, like John Cena coming out and defending not defending Vince but not condemning Vince, it's it's big, but it it's very much par for the course right now. The, the the wrestling world is just on course to get to its two big events. We've got a uh, revolution next next week, and we've got Mania in is it six or five weeks? I think both shows are just getting ready to go there. Fran the Cannon, to be honest, I don't pay a lot of attention to awards these days. Whether in wrestling or elsewhere, like the Oscars, they all feel staged to some degree, and they are. I mean, um, I studying doing film studies at university, and you find out that you can you can send gifts to members of the academy. Like it's just expected that you're going to send them gifts, and it's like, well, that's whether you think of it as a bribe or not if someone says you something really nice you're going to be more disposed to like them and therefore their work 
I mean, yeah, there there are things like, um, you know, it's just awards aren't they don't. I can't say they're staged because I think they're like not. I don't mean they're faked. It's just kind of like people already know before you get to the Oscars this is probably going to win. You know, um, Eddie Hickey. What do I think of Truth going to Austria instead of Australia? Australia? Oh, I think that was just put on put on social media. I don't think he went anywhere. Why would he go anywhere? It's just a cool thing for his character to do. Apparently, there is in I think it's only in Austria's airport. There is a specific desk that's like, oh, if you got the wrong thing thinking you were going to Australia, um, come here because it happens a lot apparently. But I do not think, um, I do not think our truth went anywhere. I think he was just at home, and they were like, well, we could put this funny thing out. Robert Dinkins, AEW Revolution, we're better than WrestleMania. Revolution's looking. I mean, the thing is, Revolution. You've got Sting. You've got Sting's. Uh, you got Sting's retirement, so that's going to be a big draw for me. Um, and Mania, I'm, as we're going to run down later, I'm pretty sure I've, I've figured out the whole Mania card. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Revolution. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to both shows. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. I'll certainly be doing a predictions show for Revolution before Revolution happens. So, And then obviously a recap show. Uh, from the cannon, Mustafa Ali making a splash in TNA first match straight to a pay per view main event and winning the X Division title from Chris Saban. Uh, and David and Sethi straight after saying uh, Ziggler and Riddle both won titles in New Japan. Yep, I mean that that happened in the same day or the same two days that that, that those three guys all won titles. I think that uh, Riddle won the TV title. I can't remember the name of the belt that Ziggler won. And as you say. Ali won the uh, the X Division title, but um, it's all. Don't be wrong. I'm not saying that things haven't happened. But if I was to if I were to um, report on every belt changing hands or any, anything like that, it gets into the discussion part, part, part of the episode. If I were to report, because that would have been three news stories that three guys won belts. So I'm going to cut on to basically what I what I thought of. The last premium live event uh, before WrestleMania for WWE, and uh, it was took place on Saturday night, and Sethi coming up in the chat again before we before we get there, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. Uh, Hangman possibly injured, says Sethi. That's a work. Um, that's not they they. All the um, they uh, they came out pretty well. They didn't come out. They were questioned by like Fightful and the Wrestling Observer. And rather than downplaying it and being like, "Who knows? He might be," uh, you know, you might want to tune into TV. They just come out and went, "Yeah, he's good at his job. He was selling." It's like, well, dude, I, I get that you don't. It's difficult because AEW. This happens to a lot. They they build something up and someone gets hurt. Look at Adam Cole. I mean, if the if the uh, if Adam Cole hadn't got injured, I doubt the Devil storyline would have gone so long. So it probably would have been better received if it had been like a month or a month and a couple of weeks rather than however long it actually went because it felt like it went forever. Um, 
Oh blimey, Ziggler won the Global Championship, the combined title, Finley, Omega and Osprey for over at Wrestle Kingdom. Okay, so he's that's a much bigger deal. I thought he won the US, to be honest, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, that's cool. Uh, uh, Fran already coming up with with um, a prediction for for Revolution. Well, as I say, I'll be doing a prediction show for Revolution next week, so I will definitely keep that in mind. But yeah, the Elimination Chamber took place Saturday morning for us, which was quite nice. It was quite fun going online and seeing all of America um, complaining that the show didn't start till 5am. Now, don't get me wrong, it doesn't usually start that late for us either or that early. But uh, it was really nice being like, this is this is how we live. You want to watch, you want to watch a live show in the UK, it starts at 1am and then it continues... In the case of AEW, to close to five AM, so um, it's very, very, very strong. Like it's very heartening to think, oh, great, the shoe is on the other foot for for a change. It's it's cool to see WWE coming coming across to another area where they did Puerto Rico. They've done the UK with Clash in the Castle. Puerto Rico with Backlash, and now we've got Elimination Chamber, Perth. Which was a decent show. Um, I do have some problems with it, but it was decent. It was watchable. I do think had I been watching it at one in the morning, I may have, I may have had a bit, a bit more to say about it. So it opened up with the women's elimination chamber match, which is obviously the winner of that will get a title shot at whoever the winner of the main event in, in this case will be at WrestleMania for the Women's World title. So this was Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan versus Tiffany Stat Stratton versus Naomi versus Raquel Rodriguez. I thought this match was pretty good. I thought that um, it had... A little bit of everything you want. It hadn't. This event has made me realise um, that the elimination chamber is getting a little predictable in terms of what can actually happen in there. You know, there'll always be someone either coming off the top or going through the pods, or it's a cool concept for a match but it feels like they have done nearly everything you can do in that that match. I was very impressed with Tiffany Stratton. I was extremely impressed with her. I thought that she, considering how long she's been on the main roster, which is a very small amount of time, um, then I thought she did really well. Obviously, she's worked with Becky before, and there was a few spots with Becky, because they had a few down in NXT, and but she looked like she was smooth. She looked like she knew she, where she where she was. Um, Raquel Rodriguez, you know, I thought that she did an okay job, like a good job. Nobody did a bad job in this, but the the result was pretty obvious because. Um, 
the the match they're heading towards is Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. Has been for a while. Now, Eddie Hickey said the women's chamber match had the wrong winner. Uh, what makes you say that, Eddie? Who do you think should have won? Because I I am very much down for Becky Lynch to 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 win to win this and to probably go on and dethrone Rhea Ripley. Because I think giving it to Tiffany Stratton is too soon. Naomi needs a few more wins under her belt to be taken... Not taken seriously, because she's taken more seriously now than she was when she left. Raquel Rodriguez isn't quite there yet. Bianca... I like Bianca, but Bianca had that long title reign. That long, long title reign. And I... I think um I think that she she needs some kind of a change to her presentation because she's been the same since she came in. I'd love to see her turn heel. But Liv uh Eddie Hickey saying Liv Morgan should have won. Liv Morgan's like she's good in the ring. And she's got her fans, and she's certainly got a look that gets over with people, and she's likable. But I don't think the comp the company are always going to put her at. I don't think she's ever going to be taken that seriously as world champion. The the whole revenge tour thing was to give her something to say in interviews they were never going to put her anywhere near the belt um, she's got her fans but they've, they've already given her that belt once and it didn't go down that well like her fans loved it but they were not as big as they they, they wanted it to be like she's I, don't, I think she'll get there a couple more times in her career um, but I don't ever think she'll be treated as the WrestleMania main event. Look at Bailey on the other side. The only one of the horsemen who... Horsewomen, sorry. The only one of the horsemen who, unfortunately, I don't ever see getting a WrestleMania main event. Um, it's... It's rough. Because I think Bailey's. To be fair, I think all the horsewomen horse are good. But the fact that one of them, and I mean only one of them, is going to get shafted on being the main event it's pretty harsh I mean Bailey wasn't even interviewed during the WrestleMania kickoff press conference um, she got a this is bullshit chant when she eliminated um, Stratton and that's the thing like that's the thing she's the people that love her the people that love uh, the people that love Liv yeah I went there uh, <laughs> um the people that love Liv are um, are very loud and they're very passionate, but I don't think there's enough of them to make it that that she'd be the number one person for a while. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with loving Liv. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> love Liv, laugh. Uh, Eddie Hickey saying that um, Bailey's the the worst one of the horsewomen 
Uh, I don't know. She's got a better character than... Then I'd say at least Mercedes at the moment. She's got a better character than Charlotte. Maybe, maybe even to Becky, because Becky's got that the man thing. Eddie, you can't. I can't. Which fair enough. If you can't stand her, you can't stand her. I have an irrational dislike of some wrestlers that you know it really shouldn't happen, but it just does. Sometimes you just go, eh, they're not really my cup of tea. Edge isn't my cup of tea. I think Edge the guy is great. I think he's good in the ring. But for some reason, I've just never connected to him. Now, I think I've got this segment correct. Why is the Grayson Waller effect after this? Or have I mixed up the order? Or is the tag title match? Anyway, we'll talk... I'll tell you what, we'll talk about the... We'll talk about the, the, the tag team championship match. Uh, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, the champions, versus the New Catch Republic, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Oh, I was right with I was right with the Grace Smaller effect next. Let me let me talk about the tag match because I, I kind of want to. The Grace Smaller effect segment is one of the bigger things I want to talk about. To be honest, um, so let's talk about the tag, the tag team side. I obviously love Pete Don and Tyler Bate. They're local to me. Uh, I saw them coming up when... I, I, st I still remember swearing my head off because I refused to believe... I was in total shock at how old Tyler was when I first saw him because it was his birthday and I think his mother was in the crowd and she was like, happy! I think it was 19th birthday. And I turned around, he's how? Ing old? And realised like there's, there's a there's a row of kids directly behind me. I just couldn't believe how old he he supposedly was because he was built like you know he, he was huge then. Um, I too, uh, Sethy, I'm so and I'm glad that Don has survived the Butch gimmick. I honestly thought, and he did well with the Butch gimmick. To be honest, you know he didn't go. Oh, I don't want to be Butch, and then like half arse it so people didn't think he didn't care. Um, he did well with it. It's just not what I wanted to, wanted to see. Now, this tag team, it's cool for me. I can't tell if that's because they're local boys and I, I saw them come up. They didn't seem massively popular um, to that crowd. They, until, until about halfway through the match, then the crowd picked up a bit. Obviously, I loved the, uh, the Birminghammer. Being from Birmingham, I was like, yay! For one, maybe my, maybe my, uh, maybe my my town will not be called a Birmingham, uh, uh, boy. But you know, we'll get the but, but the the play on Burning Hammer, which is obviously the the reverse DVD. It, it's it's pretty cool. The fact they did that and then still lost is a bit worrying. That is true. That, that is true. Sethy Brits will never be overly popular down under. That is true. I guess. Um, but they, you know, the crowd did, they did eventually come up there and get on with them. So fair play to the lads, and the Judgment Day did well. It's the problem is, the Judgment Day aren't losing. Just like I didn't think Becky Lynch was going to lose, and uh, I didn't think the Judgment Day were going to lose. And then I, the person that wins the, the the men's chamber, I thought it was the person I thought was going to win. 
and the person who won the main event is the person I thought was going to win. That's my major problem with the show. Um, that's that's it. You know, it, it was very predictable, and it's not a massive problem. I'm not like, oh, this show was terrible. This was a good show. I think Triple H coming out and saying we'll have rep- re- WrestleMania re- repercussions to try and, to try and sell it was a bit much. Um, but I thought this was a good match. It went quite some time. It was fun, and obviously, I, but I can never, I can never tell with their matches if I'm just more into it because of who they are and the fact I've seen them come off. It's like when you get to the end of Visit WrestleMania 12, whichever one Michaels wins, and it's the the uh, in the the Iron Man match. When it's like the boyhood dream has come true. When you've seen that kind of them, them from the start, it does become like every one of their successes you're more pumped for. Uh, Robert Dinkins Robert Dinkins in the chat. AW have a lot of momentum after the revolution. I can see WWE dragging out the bloodline story until SummerSlam. And then Eddie Hickey following that up with hope not. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that after I've, I've talked about the event because there are several ways they could go. Uh, then after that, we'll talk about the I'll talk about the Grayson and Waller effect here. I thought this was a bad segment. This was a bad segment because it didn't do what they're eventually going to get to. I believe the plan is to have Seth and Cody versus the bloodline of The Rock and Roman Reigns on night one of WrestleMania. I believe that. Uh, but Cody came out and challenged The Rock to a singles match. And Seth basically said, oh, you know, the, the bloodline always going to fear, so I've got your back. Just announce, just just challenge for the tag match. Don't stretch this out for by another week. Uh, I thought that you know, um, Grayson Waller did about as well he was as he was going to do, trying to get heat on in a country that just wanted to love him. I I think that. He did as well as he was going to do. Oh, what's his name? What's the who's the guy that beat Cena last year at Mania and just disappeared? Uh, U.S. champion, former U.S. champion rather. Oh, uh, I can't even think of his name. That's how little Austin Theory. Thanks, Eddie Hickey. Um, Austin Theory. He came out, did a did a terrible rock impression. And you, well, he was, he was already there. He was there with Grayson Waller because he seems to be his lackey right now. And I feel bad. I do feel bad for him because he's not terrible in the ring. And he was obviously he was obviously primed for massive things when Vince was in charge. And now he's just kind of a lackey for a talk show segment. Uh, but he got beaten beaten up. But do you think you're Cody Rhodes and your entire thing? You're the hottest guy in the company, and your entire thing is you got to come over there. And that's your that's your bit. Why not have a match? 
or at least something or stick stick him in there with solo anything just to but now you get to go over there and have an interview segment and I know why it's because they're scared I'd be scared too two of their guys got injured Punk got injured Seth got injured Seth said he's ready to come back in a few weeks in a couple of weeks or days you say you say days away and he said he's ready to be he's, he's near close to being cleared they're going to clear you for WrestleMania no matter what I don't care if your leg's hanging off at this point they're, they're like we need you um Eddie Hickey, I can see, I can see Austin Theory turning on Grayson at some point because he didn't stop Cody and Seth beating him, beating up Austin Theory. Uh, no, I, I see that being quietly forgotten. The, you're not going to get Theory booed. Uh, you're not going to get uh, Grayson booed, so they're just going to forget that happened. But I thought it was do a pre-tape with The Rock. Do a you know of The Rock appears on a big screen. And does a big interview and and you say it's live via satellite. Anything to get The Rock on the show because you can have him pre-tape an interview at one of the rules he's on or a SmackDown. Just something to get some of that. As it is, your two major stars stood there and went, "I want to face The Rock," and no response. And they're going to they're going to stretch that out because they can. You got six weeks or so to um, to get there. Uh, yeah, you never again. Fran the Cannon's exactly right. You cannot do all of us theory because they both play the douchebag so well. I don't see who'd be faced there. I, I never want to cheer Austin Theory. He's got one of the most punchable faces. Robert Dinkins, that's just wrong. Elimination Chamber had way more than an hour of wrestling in a four-hour show. Uh, way more so. Twitter's Twitter's misleading you there. But um, ah, one hour fifty minutes. No, I think I think it was even longer than that. It has to have been. To be fair, there are only four matches. But yeah, I thought I thought the the segment wasn't bad. It did what it was supposed to do. But how you don't have the rock the rock hauling live via satellite, or you know, and just do something, anything, to uh, to to liven this up, to give the crowd something to to say, make the make the tag match if that's where they're going, and I hope it is make that match because as it is they just they just kind of hinted it and this is the problem with the international shows I don't think anything happened of major importance at Clash in the Castle it was it was great don't get me wrong I loved going there I loved being there uh, and obviously they did uh, Money in the Bank I wasn't I wasn't at that because the ticket prices were a little on the high side when I was already going to to uh, all in But um, it's very weird to think that like they've got these big shows and they need to start being like something has to happen. I'm not saying Roman needs to lose the the world title or any of that kind of thing. 
but something that makes you go, "Ah, oh, this is worth going to," and this was worth uh, this was worth tuning in for, especially when your American fans are up at five a.m. Um, then you had the the men's chamber match, which again I thought was very good. Um, it was won by Drew McIntyre, which is the correct result. Drew is having the best run of his career, just getting to be someone I believe. I believe when they're annoyed. I believe when they're taking the mick out of CM Punk's injury. Um, that kind of thing is cool. That kind of thing is very... You know, I, th- I think he's he's having the best run of his entire career. Um, which is weird, because as far as I'm aware, he still hasn't re-signed. I, to me, there's no way he doesn't now. They're giving him such good quality stuff that he he's probably re-signing. Unless this is one of the things like where they did to Cesaro, where it was like, ah, we're going to push you to a, 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 a title match. And then, you know, he never got a sniff of it again once he'd re-signed. Logan Paul continues to be really good at this wrestling thing. Like, he... People hated him. Like, Any time he appeared on the screen, there was massive boos. Uh, which... Cool. It was draw, uh, Sethi bringing up that he was drawing on the chamber drawer. Mocking Kevin Owens, yeah, that was cool. There, there was there were some clips online of that too. Uh, they're, they're establishing the brass knuckles is his thing, and the only people I can see being like a bit lost are Bobby Lashley. I'm not sure where he where he fits into Mania. La Knight got attacked by AJ Styles during the match, so I think there's his Mania match. Randy Orton. Got attacked by Logan Paul after defeating after after taking Logan Paul out, so I think that Randy Orton is is going for the US title at Mania. Um, speaking of Orton, I think I thought he did a really good job, a really good job of selling his back. Like I, I actually thought he was hurt for quite some time. I was like, oh, oh that, that that's bad. That is really bad. I, because he was he was screaming, rolling around on the floor, and I was like, oh. If he's hurt, then he, he should have, uh, especially with a back injury, you never mess with your back. Trust me, I've got, I have back problems. Don't ever, if you've got a back injury, don't ever, uh, don't mess with your back. It's um, it's not something to be messed with. So if he was, if he was injured and toughed it out for, for, uh, for, for this match, I, not what I would have done. Sethi predicting that maybe Lashley and the uh, Street Profits We'll take on Karrion Cross and uh, the Authors of Pain. Maybe, but I suppose last year hasn't really been in the mix this year. I keep thinking last year's like this multiple-time world champion and all this, but he hasn't really done anything this year, has he? It's been very interesting to think that uh, he's kind of dropped down in importance without feeling misused. He can, as proved here, he can obviously be slotted in to to a, a main event when he needs to be uh, and I'm sure he'll get his shot at the main events probably next year 
Um, I've got no doubt. I've got no doubt they've been they've been feuding since before the Rumble, but um, I don't know. I just think this Karrion Cross is he's just not he's not connected with fans. He's not connected as a heel. He's not connected to anything. I'm not, I'm never sure if it, if it was that silly, you know, gladiator cosplay that that he, he was doing for a little while. But even before then, he was never really that highly regarded even in NXT. Um, and that's a shame because he's not a, he's not a bad worker. He's just not really he's not got there. But yeah, Logan Paul, I'd say I'd say he's going to face Randy Orton, and I know it's going to face AJ Styles. Cushy job for AJ Styles, isn't it? Fly over there, hit LA Knight with a chair fifty or sixty times because that's what it, that's what it seemed like, uh, and. Um, And that was it. So hopefully you got to do some stuff around Australia. Other than that, um, Sethy's saying that um, Sethy's saying that Karen uh, Cross was NXT champion. He was NXT champion. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he was never like it was never because I think by that point I'd stopped watching NXT. Or you know, it's tailing off. But you always used to get. Oh, did you see the the main event match at NXT? It was awesome. Did you see the main event match at Takeover? When it was like um, Shinsuke and that kind of thing, where I was already tailing off and coming back on and and that kind of thing. There was always like, oh, that match was amazing. You never really got that with Cross. It was like, oh yeah, it was a good match. It was okay. Found the cannon saying Sethy. It'll either be a, a multi man be that tag match you're describing or a multi-man match ending the LWO versus LWO feud yep or both I mean there are two nights it's a bit, but yeah this was the I, I don't know which which elimination chamber was better I think they were both very good uh, but as I say I do think they need to come up with some new spots for the chamber you know, pushing through the pods, it's been done a lot. Coming off the top of the pods, been done a lot, and it's just kind of like, okay, well, what else could you, can you do with it? They've covered up the greats as they should do. A lot of people were angry they covered up those greats to, uh, but they just look brutal. There's no point in taking a bump on that. You, you know, it's it's very weird. Uh, but they need to do something with it to alter it a little bit, or. I mean, they did do a tag match in there some, some some time ago. It's such a cool idea, but they've just used it to the point of... And they've used it correctly. They've had a, a pay-per-view built around it where it makes sense. I'm not decrying, like, oh, they've reused it, they've overdone it, like they've done with a lot of other things. But I just think that it needs freshening up somehow. And then you had the, the main event, the Women's World Championship... Nia Jax versus the champion Rhea Ripley. Now, I found the cannon for, for an update from uh, from um, the for an idea to update the chamber. Hang a title from the centre, so you'd put a ladder match combination in there. That's pretty interesting. You could do a singles match where all the pods have got weapons. 
weapons in or or ladders and that kind of thing. Speaking of which, it was very funny hearing that uh, you know they were kept talking about how Bobby Lashley had won a chamber match in two thousand six in ECW, and it's like don't bring up the Extreme Elimination Chamber match. It was terrible. It hurt people's feelings. It, it basically crushed the idea of ECW. Um, yeah, I wouldn't keep bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, hanging a title from the middle of it though could be interesting. Like combining it with a with a ladder match of some kind. Yes, December to December. That's the that was the extreme elim- extreme elim- yeah, the extreme elimination chamber match. Uh, tongue twister, tongue twister. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad idea. Hanging a title from the middle of it. So in the women's world championship match, we've got Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley, and again, this was never never in question as to who was winning this. Rhea did fine. Uh, sorry, Nia, Nia did fine. Rhea was obviously massively over, um, but again, if you're not going to be worried about who's going to win, it was very much going through the motions no matter how hard they tried you know you were never in worry that Nia Jax was going to win as bad as this sounds I don't mean to do this but the only thing you're worried about at this stage is injuries like you don't like like with with Orton you, you know you don't want someone to get injured this close to Mania if you've got plans for them um, so it's good it was great to, to hear the crowd go for it she, she was obviously having a great deal of fun but um, but you know it, it's just get there get on with it get through this and that's kind of how the whole thing felt it felt like um, an obligation event it felt like uh, the Australian government have paid for this so we've got to put on a pay-per-view or premium live event and okay let's try this th- Not one part of it was bad, but there was nothing that made me go, oh, God, you've really got to see this. You've really got to see... Eddie Hickey saying he's seen Nia versus Ripley versus Lynch. No, Ripley beat Nia clean. There's n- if if Nia's in the, in the main event of Mania, they mess this up somehow. Um... I think it's going to be that Lynch beats beats Rhea. That's my prediction at the moment for Mania. Uh, Fran saying, This was a service station on the road to WrestleMania. The route's already mapped out, but a mandatory stop was needed on the journey. There is that. There is, you know, it's not... It's, uh, that's, that's that's exactly right. It's a service station stop. It's like a oh, let, you know who needs the, who needs the loo, who 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 needs to go and get you know some food. Uh, David Walker saying they've already done the, the posters for the four title matches. I I will say that that's a pretty big indicator, but I will always remember that there is a poster out there, WrestleMania 2000, where Mick Foley is not on it for the main event, but Chris Jericho is, and they change their minds. And just print it off a different poster. Uh, there have been pay-per-views with 
I think one of them was Triple H, and he was injured, and he just never changed the post. I think it was a backlash. He just was never at. I can't remember the exact thing, but there, was, there had definitely been misleading posters. But I think we've we've got the card pretty much. We've got LA Knight versus AJ, Logan versus Orton. I think you go for Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Owens and Zayn and the Awesome Truth and uh, the New Catch Republic. Oh, DIY maybe. Maybe you take Owens and Zayn out of there to, to put them into an IC title match. I mean, how close is how close is Sheamus to coming back? Because that's the Aussie title match I want to see. You know, I think I think Gun- Gunther is now the the longest reigning Aussie champion of all time. I think he beat pa- Pedro Morales' record, which I think makes him the longest reigning of all time. Uh, so I think what you now want to do is have um, Sheamus. Sheamus win that win the IC title. It's the only belt he hasn't won. He's made it clear he wants to win it. Gunther versus Braun would also be good, Sethy. Um Robert Dinkins, does anybody think there'll be mass releases after WrestleMania 40? I think right now, mass releases no. Possibly someone like NXT or or uh or Performance Center releases. I think they're gonna release more from the um from the performance center that you know, people that you heard got signed and just never appeared because they just weren't good enough. I think that's more where they're going to go now. My thing is, I think they're going to just let contracts run out from now on. I think that's the way. That's the way uh, TKO run things. Not TKO. I can't think of the, the parent company over TKO, but I think you're not going to get these big mass firings. I think it's going to be okay. Your contract's not going to be renewed. Um, depends who the. I mean. They'll call Bron up after Mania if he's not if he's not at Mania. I mean, they 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 already have called him up, really. But you know what I mean? It's it's just one of them. I mean, I can't think of the massive amount of people they would get rid of this time. Do I think there'll be some? Yeah. Do I think there'll be mass? Not of people we know. Yeah, uh, Bron's joined SmackDown. I did realise that after I said. Because he did that interview, said the main roster is my home. Now, it's very, very strange to think mass firings. I can't think who they get rid of. But then again, I wouldn't have expected them to get rid of to get rid of uh, Dolph and that kind of thing. I just wouldn't have expected it. Yeah, Eddie, I'd expect backstage and that that kind of thing to to just trim down. They don't need everyone. They're going to decide that. I think. But I don't see like a, a massive load of talent coming into the Indies and being available to be bought. I mean, AEW's got more than enough people. They've got a, they've got a tremendous roster. They do not need anybody else, especially with Sasha and I'm assuming Okada coming in at some point. Um, see, uh, Robert Dinkins. Whatever happens to Gable Stevenson? 
he's not been doing well. I can see him being quietly like, uh, let's just let him go because he hasn't been connected with fans. Fans don't like him. He hasn't taken to wrestling as well as I think they thought they'd hope. Um, I think that's the thing. I think um, I think that they, they might let someone like him go because I imagine his contract isn't small. He's, he was a an Olympian, a medalist. Sethy, AEW needs to do releases. Not with the way they book. They don't... They book just random stuff. And they seem happy doing that. So I don't think they're going to release. I think they're just going to wait. Uh, sounds, because they should, have, they should have released a lot of people if they're going to do that. They've just rehired flipping... Oh, what's his name? Uh, they, oh, what's, he left because he wanted to be a star and then nobody booked him. QT Marshall, yes, thank you. Uh, you know, he but now he's not he's not getting a wrestling contract. He just wants to work that uh, work backstage. They just they just hired uh, Soraya's brother, who she's been trying to get a job for ages. They they he just doesn't seem like he lets people go. He just doesn't re-sign them or let them know they're not being re-signed which is a bad thing to do then I don't think they they don't seem to want the publicity of oh we've released 12 people and they could easily get rid of quite a lot of people ah he's already been uh, Zach's been signed for ROH ROH I can see see I don't even I don't watch ROH enough I think they're on the uh, pay-per-view on the 6th of April, so I'll probably watch that. But um, it's been a very weird, weird way of doing things. I don't, like I said, well, I guess we'll find out. I wouldn't surprise me if there were mass, mass releases. But I don't see the talent they've got now. Everyone they've got now, now is has their place. You know, there's no oh, why so and so? There's no like Funaki hanging around. Who's like, what? Have, what, have, what are you still doing in the roster? Maybe like Baron Corbin. I suppose they've they've had him win the tag title thing, but he's not really messing around. But yeah, Ringo One has been a bit of a mess. Robert Dinkins. I mean, I can I could see. I could see Anthem trying to get out of the wrestling business because I do not think um, I don't think they want to be in it for they want it for cheap cheap content for their for their for their channels and I don't think it's going to be able to survive as cheap content because they they can't keep talent oh don't be wrong fan the cannon I'm aware that Funaki was Smackdown's number one announcer and he was evil, you know. Funaki's great, don't be wrong, but he was there forever. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, how did you keep a job for so long? And it's because he was, you know, uh, he was doing Japanese announcing and that kind of thing. Otis is uh, someone that was mentioned in the chat. I can't I see people love Otis. Otis is over. If you get rid of Otis, I think Chad Gable is going to be pretty lost. Tozawa, maybe Tozawa. Um, but again, they're trying to find they're, they're trying to find slots for people, which is why I don't think they're going to get rid of a lot of people. I think it'll be like oh, this, these twelve people from the performance center haven't panned out. 
they're athletes. We're going to let them go and do other stuff while they're young. They they don't have um, everywhere you look in WWE. There is a star right now. You know, there's Punk, Seth, Roman, uh, Cody, The Rock. I know The Rock's not sticking around. Flipping Gunther. That's six people off the top of my head. Flipping Logan Paul, like him or not, he's a star. Flipping. They've got like 12, 13, 14 people. You could be like, that's a top-level guy. The only problem they're going to have is keeping all those top-level guys happy. On the other side of it, I don't think AEW are making stars. I think they get very, very close and then let the foot off the gas. I mean, look at Wardlow. I mean, he's in the Undisputed Kingdom right now. Look at where he was when he was just about to beat MJF. Like, he was there already. He was uh, he was higher than he is now already, and they just let the foot off the gas. They can't seem to keep people where they need to keep them. So they hire in big names from outside, like Okada, like um, Mercedes. And that's okay. But... You know, they need, they need to put Strickland over pretty pretty quick. Eddie Hickey, there could be, it could be a massive release, which is unexpected. Uh, maybe, but I can't see. Maybe Orton. Maybe they think Orton's done or, or Lashley. But I can't see. Why would you let someone like that go? When you can just keep them around. It's not that they're hurt for money. Drew I wouldn't get rid of if I were them. Like I said, I think Drew's the best... One of the best characters they've got. Drew would go somewhere else. Orton wouldn't go anywhere else. He doesn't need the money. Uh, Bobby Lashley might go somewhere else, but... He's got to be getting up there in age. I know Drew's not as young as he once was, but... You could certainly build, build a Wembley around Drew... Yeah, they, he hasn't re-signed yet, but look at how they're using him. There's no way that, that Drew doesn't re-sign if he's offered. He's in one of the main events at WrestleMania. Uh, it's not like he's being mistreated right now. But... It's... It's interesting because before, I could I could point to like 20 or 15 people and go, oh, they're, they're probably gone. You know, Zack Ryder and that kind of thing. They're they're not being used. They're probably going. I can't really think of anyone in WWE. They're like, oh yeah, if they disappeared, it wouldn't shock me. Everyone right now, even the lower card guys. Obviously, it wouldn't be devastating to the card, but they've got their place and they fit in their place. It's not. We don't have right now a guy I perceive as a top level guy who isn't being used as a top level guy. Or girl, sorry. I didn't mean to. Don't mean to just uh, point out the men, but everyone is in their slot. AEW is still getting there. Um, 
I, I... The Good Brothers, uh, Sessie's saying, if the Good Brothers hadn't just gone to NXT, I could see them wanting to leave. I honestly think the Good Brothers got hired because uh, Triple H felt bad. Because he convinced them to sign uh, with the idea of a long contract. And then they got... Remember this weird thing where they got fired like three months later? And I th- and the moment he got into power, he signed them again. Um, I think that... Uh, I think that... Um, I think that he signed them because it was like, oh, I, I promised you this, and we didn't deliver. Uh, Robert Dinkin saying Camille could be going to, going to AEW... I think AEW is going to have a better women's division than it's ever had very soon. Uh, Camille's, Camille's good. Uh, I'm surprised that talks with her and WWE broke down. But when you look at the fact they already have uh, Jade and they already have the EST, I can see them not wanting to overstack the division with powerhouse women because uh, it makes every one of them less special. And that's the thing, Seth. If if Tony Khan gives them airtime, um, and I can't see how he wouldn't, because pretty soon I'd imagine they're going to be proven to be a bigger draw, because I do believe some of this has to be um, from Discovery, has to be from one of Discovery. And I'll tell you why, because ROH don't have that problem. ROH don't have like a a restriction on on women on women wrestling. Heck, it's been the main event of a lot of stuff. Athena's treated as the biggest deal going in ROH. So I, I genuinely think there is some kind of person in in uh, in Wonder Woman's Discovery that's decided that women's wrestling isn't a draw, so they've limited the amount of the amount of time. Uh, Fran saying ML, MLW effectively wrote off Jacob Fatu and his contract ended, so he could be bloodbound. Now, earlier, somebody said they, they thought the bloodline story may continue to, to SummerSlam. It's possible. Because part, part of my feeling has been, ever since they tried to do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, the only reason you do that it's because you don't want Cody to lose. If you're thinking Roman is winning, then you're going to put him against The Rock. Now that we've forced Cody into that spot, do they go, well, Cody, uh, Cody's not winning? If Cody doesn't win, there'll be a, a real problem. Um, I think there'll be... It doesn't matter how good the rest of the event is, people were annoyed enough last time. Eddie Hickey, mainly main event, me versus Tez. Tez is far more athletic than I am. Plus he, plus he lifts, man. There's no, there's no way I'd beat Tez. On the microphone, maybe because I don't shut up. But <laughs> there's no way I'd beat, there's no way I'd beat Tez. Uh, I can certainly see them dragging on the, the, the bloodline thing where it's like, you know, you lost the belt. And we'll drag, and who really runs this, runs this family? I can see them dragging that on. What I can't see them dragging on now that we've put Cody in the position of mania main event for the second year. 
I think Cody's winning the belt. And once that happens, then the breakdown begins of the bloodline. And that might last till SummerSlam. But I don't see the gigantic... You know, Roman is still champion. He's been champion this many days thing continuing. I hope not. Well, I'll always say this. At this point, it does get kind of funny to go, you know, if Cody loses again, the, the reaction would be something to see. Fran the Cannon. Ah, oh, Robin Dinkins got to go. See you, Robert. Uh, Fran, rock with Fatu and Solo. Turn on Roman so Cody wins. You get Solo, Fatu, Solo and Fatu versus Roman and Uso, leading to the Rock versus Roman at SummerSlam. That could be, um, that could be something, Fran. That's, you know, it, it all depends if they if they hire Jacob Fatu. I could, I don't see why they wouldn't. He's certainly talented. As you said earlier, though, if they can look past his past. Very interesting stuff. So, yeah, it's it certainly moved on from my conversation about the Elimination Chamber. Uh, we've been going about an hour and a half. I think that's going to be me done for the weekend. I will be back next weekend to discuss Revolution. I'll prob- I shall probably try and do a show on Friday so I can do a, a prediction show for Revolution. And then I'll come back and do a reaction show to Revolution. It's been my pleasure, guys. Hope to see you next week. In fact, I will see you next time.